Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of The Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm one of those rare psychiatrists that does psychotherapy. It's still there. Some psychiatrists are still doing it, but uh, not as much as we used to. And I study meaningful coincidences like synchronicity and serendipity because many of them are useful and their possible explanations provide us clues to, to how reality works. Because I really want to know what's going on around here. There's, there's something else going on and coincidences help us see that. They can also provide psychotherapeutic help as we will discuss today. The order links for now, my new book, Meaningful Coincidences, are in the in the text below. That's the book cover over there. Um, and the links are below for those of you on YouTube. So um, take a look at the book. Uh, let me know what you think of it. My story today is uh, called The Pairing of a Pair of Glasses. I bought some blue framed glasses because I thought they were cool. I put them on my desk with my back to the patient who walked in without my looking at her. She sat down. I turned around to surprise her. We had that kind of fun with each other. And lo and behold, for the first time in our 20 or 30 sessions, she was also wearing glasses. We were both, we both laughed. She does not like to wear them, but felt the, felt the urge to do so before coming in. And that feeling the urge to do so is also much a part of this. Yes, and we laughed a lot. And sometimes laughing is synchronicity's major impact. Laughing together strengthened our close relationship. It suggested that we look at things similarly. One day, many months later, she said, I have good news. Okay. I don't need to see you anymore. You did a good job, Dr. Beitman. With my help, she had gone from a desperate suicide attempt to being a happy, contented person with writing books in her future. I so enjoyed being with her, and I was shocked by her, her sudden departure. Uh, she was right, and I had to get over it because she was doing fine. She was a memorable person. Our, our guest today is Gunnar Imo Rieschlager, who is a psychoanalyst and psychotherapist working with and, within and outpatients in private practice in Schaffenburg, Germany. He graduated in 2022 from the Institute of Psychotherapy and Psychoanalysis at Andernachs, Germany and research the beneficial aspects of synchronicity in psychotherapy. And that's why he's here. I mean, he, he puts together two of my favorite subjects, psychotherapy and synchronicity, and he's done research. He's got numbers. 
and we'll talk about uh, what's come out of um, his numbers and what they mean for the future of the relationship between synchronicity and psychotherapy. He's been lecturing at several universities of applied sciences throughout Germany. Welcome, Gunnar, to our show. Thank you very much, Bernard, for having me. It's a pleasure to be a guest on your podcast. Very good. Very good. Um, would you please um, comment on my pair of uh, pairing of the pair of glasses story? What do you think of it? Sure. <laughs> I find it's a fascinating, meaningful coincidence that you both were wearing the, the glasses at the same time, where I also thought, um, yeah, you, you got more like the same point of view on something. And after the, the, the months that has uh, that passed, um, that your patient said, then she doesn't need to see you anymore. So which is also like, a, or which can be seen, in my opinion, as a, an aspect of development in herself. And that um, she maybe took over your point of view or your your glasses in a way that she could see more um, the the world and also um, yeah a different kind of meaning in the world which she gained by being in your therapy and a new view of herself. Yeah, this uh, including that's in including because she she was she committed suicide because she wanted to be in the spirit world, which she got into often uh, and was much more pleasant than this world here is for her. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and I went with her in her journeys in the spirit world. I went with her with some of her, what might seem like crazy uh, LSD experiences that she told that she did while I was seeing her. And she went through a lot of other experiences, but I stayed with her being able to see what was in her, uh, uh, really a loving person who was just mm. so good somehow uh, in the midst of having cut herself in her bedroom of her parents' house where she used to live, mm. bleeding all over the room as a suicide mm -hmm. attempt. And she said, well, I survived that. So maybe I have to figure out how to stay here. And she, mm. that's what our therapy was about. Mm. She, we could we be saw things in the same way. And she got to see how I saw her. I think that's a nice way of talking about mm. that. Thank you. Yeah. I think, so, I think too. I think it's a uh, very important, um, that we go in some way with our patients in their depths, in their um, yeah, unconscious, and um, but also at the same time, that the same time that they feel a connection with us as as a, a counselor, as a therapist, and um, I think this went really, really good in your in the therapeutic process you both experienced. The connection was so important, and her ability to pick up my view of her. Another another part of this that um, I ask you to comment upon is that is that a lot of synchronicities uh, are, are mirrors where our minds are mirrored in our environment. What do you think of that as this is an example of that? Yeah, well, I think this can be um, a type of synchronicity that 
um, in the in the reality we do an experience or we we exper yeah, we experience a connection or um, like a moment with another person which somehow resembles our inner inner state and I think if this is like happening in a way um, then it can bring together both the, uh, the therapist and also the patient and we find meaning in these moments um, which uh, foster the therapeutic healing so I also think that this can be um, yeah, happening very often that, um, that a connection is like a um, like a mirror of the of the inner um, of the inner state of mind, which yeah, brings potential meaning to oneself. Uh, a Jungian um, therapist in San Francisco wrote a dissertation on me seeing in the patient on the first session a deep reflection of the therapist problems hmm. mm -hmm. well i think that this can always happen and i think this makes also very much um like a yeah like a, a special a specific connection between the both of them especially from the the side of the therapist that he sees something of himself in a, in a um, patient, I would be at the same time also uh, cautious because you could also call this a counter-transference uh, interactive play. Uh, that, um, yeah, and there's the danger that the therapist tries to, um, yeah, to solve his problems by treating the patient and by this, it's, it can be dangerous that he misuses or abuses the patient for his own gain. So I think it is um, important to, to uh, realize this and to reflect on it. And I would say to, to do also a counter-transferous analysis, I would call it, to, to be aware of it that with a certain patient, I have a specific um, connection or I feel a specific connection and at the same time, I know it is because I have a, um, yeah, I feel a deep connection because of some personal experiences of myself in the past with this um, uh, patient. So I think it can, this can be a factor which can be very, very beneficial for the therapeutic process, but it can also be at the same time very, very dangerous in the therapeutic uh, relationship. And I think um, yeah, to reflect and to question and to um, yeah, maybe also to take supervision is an essential step in these uh, in these um, connections. In my point of view, oh no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, whose problem is who are you, whose problem are we dealing with? Becomes the question. Yeah, <laughs> my past or your pro current problems, and that can get confusing. For everybody involved, yeah, I think I think it's important to to see also where there are differences, but also where um, where's, where's the common ground between the patient and me, because we need to build a connection and to find a common ground. Yes.
Yes. And always keeping in mind that the patient is why we're here, not us. I do like the phrase, uh, what do you think of this, that being a, being a therapist is the only way to be in therapy without having to be the patient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's an interesting, um, interesting uh, uh, statement. And yeah, I think it's very important to do uh, a, a personal training analysis, which uh, every therapist or analyst um, has to go under or has to go through to find out your own your spots, your blind spots, and to be aware of these spots and to also see them more in the um, in the uh, in the um, consulting room when you treat a patient. And um, yeah, I think this is very very essential. And um, I would wish that more um, therapeutic schools would put an emphasis on this. That doing an analysis yourself, a training analysis, a training therapy, and um, to be also to be able to understand how it this feels for a patient in the patient role. And I think like, um, I don't know how it is in the US, but uh, in Germany, at least, the uh, training therapies, which uh, therapists of cognitive behavioral therapy which they have to go under or which they have to, they are very much focused on a reduced setting. And um, I know a lot of uh, behavioral therapists and a lot of colleagues of CBT that um, yeah, did very less um, self-analysis or um, training analysis, training therapies. And yeah, I think that's, um, that's very unfortunate. Cognitive therapy, behavioral therapists don't look at themselves as perhaps uh, mm. vulnerable to what goes on with their patients. And that's important for our, our audience to know that, um, that there is this belief among cognitive behavioral therapists that's, that, that it's a technical thing, that it's a mechanical thing, and you're, you're just helping somebody fix things by changing the way they think and behave. And there's something correct about that. Uh, there is a technical aspect to psychotherapy, but there are two people in the office, and the therapist is affected by what the patient is experiencing, and, and you got to be paying attention to that. Uh, it's very, very important. Now, you have, uh, you have done the first research that's data-based on synchronicity as a useful part, uh, as a psychotherapeutic technique, as I've called it. Uh, and you've done some numbers. Um, you've, done, you've produced what science likes. It was like uh, data that people can like um, look at and question and wonder about and respect. And I thank you for doing that for the fields of both psychotherapy and synchronicity. Because as we, maybe we'll go into the Jung and the Scarab story, but um, what, we, what, we have, uh, what, we, what we have is um, the idea that the Scarab and in Jung's hands turned out to be a psychotherapeutic technique. Uh, it, it, that 
without briefly the young patient had a dream and uh, about a, a golden about a golden scare a piece of jewelry and there appeared at Jung's window around the same time the uh, a scarab like beetle that was pretty popular in in around Zurich at that time probably in the spring and there were a lot of them around but Jung didn't mention that and he goes to the window and he shows the woman this is your scarab and and it broke open her uh, her resistance to more emotional more intuitive ways of thinking and i think you have a story that's something like that so why don't you tell us uh what happened with you and your patient yeah my my story i experienced with a patient recently is, is going yeah in the similar similar uh, aspect like you just described so i had also like an, an a patient who was very much um intellectualizing many aspects of her um, life and she had a lot of psychosomatic um, symptoms like uh, pain in the in her chest but also in her back and in therapy we didn't make any progress for several months and one day she had a dream um, which she brought into the next um, therapy session um, where she dreamt that she was given an amulet, like a necklace with the yin-yang symbol, like the from the Eastern philosophy, uh, yin-yang. And she told this, um, this dream to me the next session. And um, we were very much, um, she was very much interested in the Eastern philosophy. We talked about this. And, um, but still she did not, did not um, feel like an emotional uh, uh, breakthrough, I would say. It was still very cognitively based and very intellectualizing what you taught me all about this. But the next um, session, she came and she told me that the weekend between these two sessions, um, she found an old photo of herself, which was from 15 years before. And in this photo, she found a photo of herself and she was wearing a necklace with the yin yang symbol and this um, was a coincidence which she completely um, was overwhelmed with she could not um, understand it in some way that she said why is this now happening and um, we could speak about this by using also the um, the, the idea of Jung, of synchronicity, which I then also introduced to the um, therapeutic process and which I told her about. And we could find out that um, this was a, yeah, this meant for her that her unconscious um, wanted to connect more like with her, with her, um, that the, the parts which her personality split off, her emotional parts, got more in contact with her and used the synchronistic moment um, as a way to, uh, to show itself. And by this, she, she um, was very much, she became calmer in the session because, as I said, she was overwhelmed. She didn't understand. She thought, is she crazy? Or, um, and, yeah, but I, I could, um, I would say, hold her in this moment and um, put a narrative also 
um, by, to this experience. Um, and this made a huge impact, impact on her where she was, where she became much more um, open to um, her emotional um, side of her life. And by seeing more and more meaning also in her symptoms she had, which before she always said and thought, oh, this is my body. What does this have to do with my mind? Um, and after this um, yeah, coincidence, after this meaningful coincidence, she became more and more open to her emotional aspects of her personality. And it was a huge uh, step in her personal development. Yeah. Instead of a scarab, it was a... It was a, it was a yin yang symbol that made this, yeah. that helped this happen. It's, it's very similar. And, and in Jung's story, he went to the window to get the beetle because uh, he was frustrated with his patient. He wanted something to happen. So he got, a, un, unlike many coincidences, he was central to it for her. He made it happen. In mm -hmm. your, in your situation, uh the patient went to look at old photographs mm. now i think that's an that's a little bit like jung going to the window and getting the beetle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think of my making that comparison yeah i completely agree with that so she became already curious about this when, when she had this vivid dream, which um, made her um, looking old photos, one could say. And um, yeah, she found, she found this photo, which opened the emotional door for her. Well, Jung, I'm saying, and other people, I haven't seen this written, knew that uh, these uh, rose-interested beetles were common around Zurich in the spring because the roses were coming out and the beetles were like getting on them. So he kind of knew, I think, that that, that what might be out there. Uh, it, I just have to say he kind of knew that. In this case, I think she kind of knew that the photograph was there to be found. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, it can be. <laughs> it can be. So, I mean, this could also be like a sign of that she was wanting, without being consciously aware of it, to find a meaning and to to construct like a like a narrative to um, also. Um, yeah, get to break through her to to break through her her yeah defense mechanisms, and um, it was um, yeah it was fascinating for me to experience that. So for me, it's like that. I would not question somehow what. Um, the the patient told me because I believe that it's important to to take um, the the explanation of the therapy uh, of the th um, patient um, as it is and 
to try to construct like a like a useful beneficial narrative for the patient um, as it as she uh, as it can be and as she in this case benefited from it so i think the 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 principle of carl jung's synchronicity of carl jung's synchronicity um, is like a good possibility to use it whenever a patient feels like um, something is going on in their lives they cannot explain but they experience like a meaningful coincidence and they they, they just cannot explain it and they, they think um, as I said before what, what is this so am I even more sick or uh, yeah what is happening to to introduce um, them um, the principle of synchronicity and to show them that this is not uh, that this does not mean that they are going crazy but this is a, a an, an event and um, coincidence that can happen this way yes yes what i'm suggesting uh, is also written in, in a chapter in my book meaning mm -hmm. unmeaningful coincidence i call it human gps uh the ability to get where you need to go without knowing really how you got there. Mm. She didn't intend to find that consciously, but subconsciously I suggest she knew it was there. And mm. like, like mm. Jung knew the beetle was out there or kind of knew she kind mm -hmm. of knew and he kind of knew. So she got where she needed to be to allow mm. for the narrative to be, created that's my that's my view mm. of her part of it in her participation in it. and i love the uh, ability that I, I i can see here of comparing your story with Jung's story because they are they are rather similar I, mm. you created a narrative for her mm. could you describe summarize that narrative again for us please well um when when she um, told me about or yeah when she told me that she found this photo of herself um, I could or I introduced her to um, the concept of synchronicity that two um, uh, events that seem to be somehow connected but which you cannot explain how they are connected um, that this sometimes can happen and especially when you um, are on a process of individuation or uh, on a process where you have a personal growth where you try to grow personally and get to know yourself more and more that you get to know into um, yeah that you get to know more and more of your own unconscious and that you sometimes um uh, uh, question things and you you find meaningful events which sometimes you which sometimes can overwhelm you because you cannot explain it but at the same time this means that you open up more and more to a reality that um, maybe you couldn't see before and i think with patients and especially also with depressive patients which do not see any meaning um, in the extreme forms in life, 
I think this is a very crucial um, aspect of their healing that they see more and more meaning in their lives, in their uh, their relationships, but also in their uh, 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 yeah, in their living space, working space, in their whole life. I would say, and um, I um, I try to show her that this is a good development for her that she experienced something which maybe she first couldn't understand and which she overwhelmed but she was feeling something again and she was feeling something that she didn't see before or, that, or she didn't feel before and um yeah by being there as a yeah a, a container you could also say in beyondian psychoanalysis um it was uh, it was possible um, to hold her and to 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 take on her her um, her overwhelmness and to give also this a meaning and I think the Carl Jung's uh, concept is a very good narrative for for um, patients to 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 take this on and afterwards after the um, session she also started to read more about Jung and the concept of um, synchronicity and. This was like a, um, a good tool, you could say, a good therapeutic tool, I would say. Um, and this is also what I believe that um, the, uh, uh, the concept of synchronicity can be a therapeutic concept, not only in Jungian psychotherapy, but in all kind of psychotherapies, um, to, to, uh, to give something to the patients to... Um, to uh, make them and to make them realize um, that these extraordinary um, events um, they um, they have a uh, they can have a theoretical background there's an explanation to it and this was very important in um, the, the patient's development you were able in your, what you just described, to say that she felt something. It wasn't just feeling her body pains mm. and difficulties. She felt an emotion, and emo uh, several emotions you were describing, mm. but she felt something. So in this way, the synchronicity helped her feel. Mm. And it was more to it than just her body. And that's what you, one thing you emphasized. But also you added, or both of you added, that there were new things to learn about the way reality works and be open to them. And synchronicity mm. opened that door for her. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, definitely. So she was uh, all the time <laughs> speaking until this point about her uh, 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 symptoms of her body, which we know as uh, 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 psychodynamic uh, therapists also uh, can stand for repressed emotions and where she could not symbolize these emotions and did not have access to it. And this um, synchronistic moment or this meaningful coincidence, this um, made her feel something, as you said. And um this was um yeah this was completely new for her and was 
making her, uh, I would say, also speechless in a way that she got in contact with something she didn't know before. And um, I don't know how this would have turned out if she wouldn't have known about the concept um, of synchronicity and if she, if she wouldn't have been at this point uh, in therapy with me. You know, maybe she, she thought she's hallucinating or she's getting a psychosis or so. So it was very important, I believe, that um, we were working for a longer time. So she, we, we had a good, we had a very good connection and um, there was trust and um, there was um, a lot of connection. And that um, there was also the, the principle of, or the, the, the concept of synchronicity where I could um, give something at her hand that she could um, digest it in some way, that she could integrate it. Yeah, integration, this is the, the word. And you're recognizing the value of synchronicity, meaningful coincidences in therapy. You embarked on a research project, a research project to to see if you could collect data that suggested that attention to synchronicity during psychotherapy can aid the psychotherapeutic practice process outcome. Could you tell us about that research and what you found? Yeah, so it was in, um, in my studies of my dissertational thesis that I researched the antecedents and consequences of synchronistic moments in the context of psychotherapies. And what I did was that I um, collected a lot of um, data, which was back then only available in um, like uh, uh, reports about uh, uh, synchronicities or synchronistic moments, like um, very often, uh, therapists and other research, researchers, they, they wrote about their experiences um, they had with their patients. But until then, um, nobody tried to um, systemize and analyze these specific um, meaningful coincidences in the context of psychotherapy. Um, so I, uh, I collected the data, so I asked, in the different um, Jungian, in, uh, Jungian institutes in uh, worldwide, worldwide, but also in Germany, um, to participate in my study, where I explained that I collect um, synchronistic moments that happened in therapies between patients and therapists, and um, uh, they could, they can just, uh, they could just uh, uh, write me like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a report about the um, uh, synchronicity they experienced, or it was also possible that I did like an interview with them where I asked specific questions uh, along the narration of a um, synchronistic moment between patient and therapist. And by this, I collected in total, I think this were uh, 46 um, cases, synchronistic cases um, that happened in, psychotherapy and um, I 
analyze them by using a qualitative um, um, analysis by um, looking first um, how were specific categories, um, yeah, how were specific categories, uh, 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 how did they came up in the um, in the uh, therapy? So my doctoral advisor, advisor um, Professor Christian Rösler, had developed um, back then before my uh, project, like a coding scheme, which I used to um, code the um, specific um, narrations, the specific uh, reports. On, um, Could you give us some idea about what the basic themes were that you were coding for? What the categories were that you saw? Mm. It was like um, what kind of diagnosis the patient had or um, how the um, uh, the uh, synchronicity appeared in the kind in the context of um, therapy like was it like a premonition or like a dream um, and what kind of benefit it had for the therapy for the um, uh, 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 for the uh, life of the patient but also for the uh, patient therapist relationship and there I found out that um, in most cases, um, the synchronicity that happened in the context of psychotherapy um, had like a positive, positive um, effect on the relationship between the therapist and the patient, but also for the therapeutic process and as well for the life of the patient. However, however, um, it was important that the therapist was um, was acquainted in the concept of synchronicity and got to know it because as my some of my data showed um, that was that uh, the less the um, therapist therapist was uh, trained in the concept of synchronicity or didn't know about it or did only know very little about it. Um, the less, of course, he could use in some way this concept. And the more he um, yeah, uh, tried to tell the patient also, yeah, what just happened was a coincidence, was an accident that happened between us. Um, um, so there were, were some, in my data, were some hints that um, uh, or was a tendency that um, the knowledge of the therapist, for example, um, is very important in this aspect because this also determines how uh, this determines if he can see and perceive at all uh, that a synchronistic moment is happening. And when he realizes this, then he can act on it. He can explain it, for example, to the patient or get the patient or bring the uh, or introduce the patient to the concept as well. Sorry, you wanted to say something. Uh, uh, no, I'm glad you continued. Um, the, the last thing you said that there is the therapist had to um, be aware of and, and, and conversant, be able to talk about the synchronicity. Uh, without, I, I wonder about how you've determined 
um, the therapist's ability to know something about synchronicity? Well, um, for example, some of the um, of the cases I had the chance to do an interview with the um, the uh, therapists, and then I asked them, "How do you explain um, that this, uh, or, or what did this synchronistic moment mean for you?" And some said, um, "Well, it was just an accident, but nothing, uh, yeah." Uh, followed by it so it was like um yeah these therapists they, they did know about this concept they participated here also in my study but they um clearly um said that um they they did not use this in any way they um were more seeing it also that this was just an accident that happened or, or an incident a coincidence it didn't have any meaning. Um, and this, this is the, this is the, this a one form of response to coincidences, meaningful coincidence, which is that uh, there's no meaning, uh, and it's all, uh, it's all random chance to make this mm. thing happen. So that's how you you interviewed them. The the key variables you mentioned uh, that you correlated were the diagnosis of the patient, um, what, uh, how it the how it appeared whether it was a dream or in precognitive or something else. And then also you were able to measure critical outcomes, like how, how did it affect the therapeutic alliance? How did it affect the patient's life outside of therapy? And how did it affect the, the therapeutic process, which you separated from the therapeutic alliance, which is an important thing to try to do. You still want to see something good happening, even if you have a good, relationship so you you could you tell us something about what you found uh, in those variables in, in which one do you mean well the, the multiple variables you talked about was there a relationship oh, okay, okay. but mm -hmm. but between like the way it appeared and mm -hmm. then, then its uh impact on the therapeutic process and outcome was was it better to come mm -hmm. in have come in a dream or some other way uh, or mm. was there a, a, was was a mm. particular appearance that made a difference? Mm. Well, I would say that um, very much or very often in patients with depression or anxiety or psychosomatic um, symptoms, um, the uh, the um, the synchronous uh, the synchronistic moments appeared more, um, but also in the form of the uh, synchronicity, um, they were mostly in the form of dreams that the patient dreamt something, for example, um, about a person who was living very far away. And then the next morning, they um, looked on their phone, for example, and this uh, person had called them. And before they, were, they didn't have any contact for like one year, for example. So very often, it was like uh, um, the synchronicity involved dreams. And um, yeah, the, the outcomes were also that um, the more specific um, a therapist, uh, uh, I would say, handled or coped with a synchronistic moment, that the more he knew about the concept of synchronicity and the more he 
had also an attitude where he was open that synchronicities can happen in the therapy, um, the more um, the therapy benefited from it and the patient also benefited from it and also the life and the relationship um, of the uh, patient benefited from it. So this was a very interesting um, aspect of the uh, results, which um, um, I also didn't expect um, like this. It also has to be said that it was an ex um, exploratory uh, uh, um, uh, study. So I didn't go in with a specific um, hypothesis, which I wanted to test, because first you need to formulate the hypothesis to um, yeah, to test them again with more population and so on. So it was a very, um, uh, it was a, a study which, uh, uh, yeah, where I started at the very beginning to investigate at all the um, principle of uh, synchronicity in the context of psychotherapy. So this is what I also would say that in the future, it needs much more research by a higher number of cases to see how this, um, yeah, this, uh, how the distribution of the outcomes of these variables are, because I was limited to 46 cases. And, um, yeah, so this would be also a wish of me to, to increase the numbers of, of, uh, cases to, to analyze, to see more and more, um, how, uh, yeah, the distributions are. Uh, I'm one of those guys that likes uh, uh, exploratory studies. I like to do the new <laughs> stuff because it's fun. You just don't know what's yeah. going to happen. And uh, when you're doing the real research, you have a hypothesis. You got to, you got to, you got to, you're a lot more restricted. Uh, you have more, it's more fun True. to do what you did. I mean, you have to say what you just did, but sometimes you come up with the right stuff <laughs> just doing exploratory. And one of the things that I heard you say, was that not only is it important to notice that there is a meaningful coincidence in psychotherapy, but also the amount of knowledge the therapist has is a key variable in transforming the, uh, the coincidence into a therapeutically effective thing. Is that right? Hmm. Yeah, I would definitely uh, say so, because, um, I mean, it makes a difference if... Uh... <laughs> Oh, if a therapist um, only read the word synchronicity once and knows, okay, what what does this, what could this mean? What did Jung uh, mean with that? What did he write about it? But I think it's also important to um, to see more the the uh, possibilities that bring the concept of synchronicity, which is not only limited to Jungian psychotherapy, but which is only much, much bigger, I would say. And this is, I think, where you do a really, really good uh, job by, by your podcast and your books. And this is, this is perfect. This is, I would say, this we need in the context of, of synchronicity, investigating it also in the, in the frame of psychotherapy. So that the um, that synchronicity is not only um, limited to Jungian analysis, but I think it is much, much uh, more useful in, in many other um, schools of therapy and 
for example, Chris Mackey, you know him too, is um, like combining also these approaches of humanistic, of this uh, humanistic uh, therapy approach with um, synchronicity, meaningful coincidences, and positive psychology. And there I would say this is absolutely uh, um, really, really good work he's also doing that he tries to open up the, um, the field of synchronicity, meaningful coincidences to positive psychology, to a, a completely another um, field of psychology. And this is what we need more and more to, with the concept of synchronicity, to get it out of the Jungian uh, uh, corner, I would say, and bring it and connect it with other fields of psychology and psychotherapy. Hey, you're, sp you're singing my song, baby. That's just uh, yeah, that's what uh, I, that's what I'm trying to do. I um, I do have a little trouble with American psychodynamic psychotherapists. Uh, there mm. are a few who are really into looking at some of the weird things that can happen in therapy. There are a few, and Freud was more interested in telepathy than is generally known, uh, because mm. he he had to tell Jung we're not interested in the black mud of uh, occultism and that led to mm. one of their fights and one of the reasons they broke up and their colleagueship but freud was interested in that and so there's a subset of psychoanalysts but it's still a bad thing to talk about it because it's not scientific it's not data you have data and mm. whether it's the right way of having done it gunner you've done it you've got numbers and numbers are really important to the way to help mm. drive a wedge into other fields of therapy. That's why what you're doing is so important. Could you tell us uh, a little bit more about um, what, what aspects of therapy could uh, you need to nurture as a therapist to increase the likelihood of the appearance of a meaningful coincidence? Well, I think it's important, first of all, to know about the concept of synchronicity, um, but also to uh, have more knowledge about it, um, like to uh, not only to see how Jung um, worked on it, how, how it's uh, coped with in the Jungian psychoanalysis or psychotherapy, but also like in other uh, types of uh, psychotherapeutic schools. Like I mentioned, positive psychology, uh, Chris Mackey wrote about it, but also you wrote about it. So I know, I think um, the more um, the therapist knows about it, um, the better it is. But also to be open to it and to not try to, to put the patient in a specific direction is also very important because I also happen to know some colleagues who were like so fascinated uh, about um, synchronicity that they um, also told me that they have all of their patients suddenly now uh, suddenly had uh, one day um, synchronicities and uh, the, the uh, colleagues said that um, yeah uh, explained to me that um, she was more like uh, telling them that they had synchronicities and it felt like an like that a line was overstepped when when she was uh, because she was so much into the um into the concept so what i want to say is that um it should be that 
um, synchronicity can happen to a patient. And when it happens, it's helpful to be aware that it happens and that you can use it therapeutically. But I think you should not um, put the concept of synchronicity onto a patient where you do something to the patient instead of helping him. And I think this is also important to know where the, the, the boundaries are, the limits are. Um, and um, yeah, to, yeah, to be open, but also to know where the limits are and to have a knowledge about synchronicities, I think is helpful for therapists um, that they can use the concept of, of synchronicity as a helpful therapeutic tool, I would say. I've had patients, uh, people contact me because I study uh, meaningful coincidences because they want to talk to somebody who understands them. Uh, so for the patient, it's really important who, who has a lot of them to be able to be able to feel them too. So that's another variable. But what you said about mm -hmm. the therapist is pretty funny to me because uh, it, it mirrors what happens with individuals out there in the world, not just being therapists, where you mentioned some therapists don't see them when they happen. A patient comes in and says, I had a great weird thing happen, but the therapist says, oh, that's nice. How's your mother? Uh, and, and then on the other side, on the other side is the therapist who says, oh, there was a little something that matched something happened over there. That's a coincidence. Let's talk about that. Well, yeah. that's, that, that's true of individuals out there in the world. The, the bell-shaped curve, the normal curve describes two tails. And you've just mm. described the two tails of uh, sensitivity to coincidence use during psychotherapy. And it's, it's, a, it's a great mirror of, of what happens out there in the world. So it's, uh, that just, that just uh, kind of supports something that I've been able to observe uh, and, you put it, and you describe it in a different context. W what about, um, as we get near the end of our, our conversation today, uh, Gunnar, um, where do you see the clinical research of meaningful coincidences going in the future? Well, I believe that um, the um, hypothesis or the, the yeah, hypothesis I, um, I uh, formulated with my thesis, they need to be tested further. They need also to um, be increased by cases. And um, I think also the concept of synchronicity should be explored by much more different um, areas of research, um, where I also think that you do an extremely amazing job by, um, by your books and everything you put together. Thank you, um, thank you. So that um, the, the concept is um, much more investigated by different um, branches of uh, science, I would say. And, um, this is a very important aspect of it to, to get it out also from the, the uh, Jungian psychology where, it's where it has its roots, but where at the same time um, it is a, a topic which, is, which has much more potential than only being in the um, framework of, uh, of psychotherapy. Um, so I think both is important to develop it more in the therapeutic, um, the therapeutic field to investigate it, how it is um, 
how it is uh, uh, distributed, what antecedents it has, what consequences it has, what um, moderator variables it has. But also next to the therapeutic um, field of science, I would say other um, branches of sciences need to, or would be good to um, study synchronicities or meaningful coincidences more to get a, a more broader construct of meaningful coincidences yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, that idea, those ideas, are really uh, strike me because I think of synchronicity as another psychotherapeutic method or technique or aid to psychotherapy, uh, which of which there are many. Um, commenting on the relationship between the two people is one of them. Uh, analyzing dreams is another one. There's a lot of different ways therapists help hmm. people get into things they need to change. And synchronicity is another one of those ways, is what you're just saying, and can be researched in that way. But in addition, uh, we need to be able to broaden the concept into other schools of psychotherapy, so they can see it as a, mm. a common potential common factor for change and also broaden uh, the general awareness of uh, synchronicity and meaningful coincidences, which is what I'm doing. That's my job. Uh, it's to like mm. broaden the thing, but try to bring it down to things like this, uh, where it's psychotherapy, which is I, I love doing it. I'm, I, I still have I still have five patients. People wonder, are you still? Yeah, I've, I love to do. <laughs> The psychotherapy, um, it's 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 so informative and so in so many mm. different ways. And when the coincidences come up, and I've and they do come up uh, with some of my patients, and some of them, one of them guy just doesn't want to get into them, uh, but he has like he, he's got his girlfriend and uh, and and he wonders whether it's going to work out or not. And then he goes to his car and he hears a song called at last because he knows something something this is the one he needs at last and this song he's loved for years and he's looking for that one woman and it's at last and i just kind of was able to tell him uh that maybe there's something to this and he kind of knew it but there's a lot more that goes on in his life he hears mm. knocking uh, like there are ghosts in the house uh, where he's living and had been for a while and we have to look at that He's had some other strange experiences. A woman calls him up who he kind of knows and says, I'm talking to your grandmother who has died. And the grandmother is trying to communicate to you through me. And she gives him information mm. that only the grandmother and he knew. And he just he has a lot of trouble with it. Uh, but he's he is a, he has a lot of coincidences and he doesn't like having them because they, they bother mm. him because <laughs> mm -hmm. he doesn't understand them. Uh, so mm. I think maybe you'll read my book that, well, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't gotten around to that. So I'm not sure he's going to do yeah. it. So th th there's a lot of funny things that happen and we do draw to us in ver for various reasons, patients with whom we can work because somehow they mm. find us or we find, or somehow they, they find us and not always, but the, the fit is remarkable. And that's a coincidence mm. in itself sometimes, just how we got together 
and it's meaningful mm. and can be explored as well. So I, I've gone, we've come to the end of this, but we're going to keep talking about uh, mm -hmm. these combined subjects because uh, you're a leading edge of an important part of this whole coincidence project thing we're doing. And as we end, um, I wonder if you would mind telling us something personal about Gunner. Tell us about you as a person. Uh, I mean, this is getting you out of the therapeutic role here. Is that, hey, Gunner, what's happening with you? You know what's happening? So, who are you? Tell us just a little something about you. Well, um, yeah, right now I'm in Spain. So I live in Germany, but I'm in Spain. And um, I, do, I love Spain. I do a lot of vacation here and um, I have family here in Spain. And um, yeah, so. Um, Actually, now the last week I had like a, uh, yeah, like on vacation here in Spain. And I thought, like, um, yeah, uh, I look, so right now I'm looking out the beautiful mountains of the Pyrenees, uh, Pyrenees, I don't know the English part of it, but I'm in uh, Catalonia in Spain. And um, what town are you in? I, uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona. Uh, beautiful city. Oh, yeah, I can yeah, recommend yeah. it to everyone. Yeah. And it's a lot warmer than Deutschland, that's for sure. It's nice. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> 10, 15 degrees uh, right now. Centigrade, <laughs> uh, yeah. that is. And it's, it's, it's nice. So you're, the, you're in Spain. Can you speak Spanish? Sí, un poquito. Un poquito. Uh, <laughs> pero tengo que uh, mejorar mi uh, español más y más, pero... Pienso que algo me, a lo mejor en algunos um, años voy a uh, hablar un poco mucho español. Vamos a ver. <laughs> Nicht schlecht. <laughs> Muchas <bad>. gracias. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gunnar, thank you very much for, for our, our discussion today and uh, being able to talk with you about what we both know is really an important subject. So thank you very much. Mm. Thank you for having me and for the invitation and the interview, Bernard. Welcome. This